Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on this Labor Day, which is a good time to ask a question from Scripture, and that is, what is a laborer? When Jesus used that term, a worker or a laborer, depending on your translation, what do you think he had in mind? Let's look at where we're look, we're talking about here in Matthew chapter 9, and we're at start with verse 35. And Jesus says, that, it says of Jesus, you ready? Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, or seeing the crowds, one translation says, or literally seeing the people and the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. These were the eyes of Jesus. This is what he saw when he saw the crowds. He saw people who were confused, who were lost, dispirited, depressed, confused. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Oh my goodness, if Jesus saw the people of his day like that, how much more ought we to see the people in our day? Somehow I just have a feeling our people are even more distressed, confused, and downcast than they were then. I don't know, maybe not, but they certainly are today, that's for sure. So what was his response? When Jesus saw this tremendous need, what was the response? You ready? Here it is. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now, obviously, he's talking here about a harvest of souls, a harvest of people. He looked at the people and referred to them as a harvest. He referred to them like crops, shall we say. God wants to harvest a great crop, and the crop is people. God loves, he's not talking here about corn and wheat. He's talking about people. When he saw these crowds, he says, "There's these people can be saved. These people can, can come into the kingdom. These people are wandering about like sheep without a shepherd. They can come into the kingdom. There is a harvest. All these people, there is tremendous potential. So what does he say? He says, pray for workers. Beseech the Lord of the harvest. Beseech the one who's behind the harvest of these souls. Because no one gets saved without the grace of God. No one gets saved without the moving of the Holy Spirit. But he says, pray that the, the Lord of the harvest would send forth workers into his harvest. What's that mean, a worker? What's it mean to be a worker in the harvest field? I'd like to contend that as I was growing up as a young Christian, the great need was to mobilize the whole church. Still need today to understand that there's a great harvest, that the church is to be a soul-winning church, and that we are called to do this. But the need in our, as a young man was we had revivals, we had Billy Graham, we had people who were involved in, in this evangelism. What we were lacking is mobilizing the entire body. And personally, I feel in those efforts to mobilize the body, there have been some great uh, 
effects at that and great uh, mobilizing the body. But in our focus on that, personally, I think we've lost sight of what it means to be a worker, a laborer. I think the labor is not just mobilizing the whole body, breaking down the, the idea that the professionals do the evangelism and the laity doesn't, and that type terminology, and that that's up to you know the Billy Grahams of the world. I think what we've done in trying to mobilize everyone, we have lost, personally, sight of what it really means to be a gospel worker to be a gospel worker. I don't believe this description refers to every single Christian. Now, I do believe every Christian ought to be involved in the gospel. I believe every Christian has a role to play. Every Christian ought to be know how to share their testimony. Every Christian ought to be using Christian literature. Every Christian ought to be able to basically tell how they became a Christian and help another person become a Christian. But I think Jesus had something far more in mind where he's talking about the plentiful harvest than just every Christian, no matter what your station in life, being able to share your testimony. Because I think he had something far more. Let's look at some other scriptures that Paul talked about in relation to this, as we think of a laborer, a worker here on this labor day. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and actually he's talking here about paying gospel workers. He's talking about he, he having the right to be paid for what he was doing, he and Barnabas. And he asked some questions. He said, who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of it? Who Or who tends the flock and does not use the milk of the flock? A couple of verses later, the plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing in the crops. He's using Three metaphors here, a soldier who's at war, and he's expecting to be equipped by the, you know, the army. The, the army's going to provide his weapons, his equipment, and his pay because he's at war. He's off as a soldier. Or the one who plants a vineyard, not, not, a, not a weekend gardener, not someone who's got a few vegetables growing or who... You know, I plant my grass seed, my wife plants flowers and shrubs and stuff like that, but we're talking, and that's hard work, but he talks about someone who's planting a vineyard. Vineyard produces a great, you know, you, you, lots, of, lots of grapes. It's a vineyard. It's not a, it's not a little garden. It's a vineyard. Or someone who's got a flock, that's not talking about having a pet sheep or a pet dog that takes work and time, no doubt about it, but a flock. It's not about a lot of sheep that you're taking care of. Look at what Jesus, or look at what Paul says in 2 Timothy. These are called the pastoral epistles, and he's writing here to Timothy about leadership. Suffer hardship in 2 Timothy chapter 2, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And if anyone competes as a, an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive the share of his crops. Again, three metaphors. A soldier who doesn't get entangled in the affairs of everyday life. You know, when you send a soldier to war, he doesn't have a job on the side. Or he, let's put it this way. He doesn't have a job and he's soldiering on the side. He's soldiering 
He's off in battle. His life's on the line. He's a soldier 24 hours a day, and that's what he's doing. The, the champion athlete is not someone who just wants to go to the gym to stay in shape or go out jogging or for a walk or get in his 10,000 steps or something like that. If you're training to be a champion, it affects everything you do, you, and you train hours and hours every day. The hardworking farmer, have you ever seen a hardworking farmer? I mean, seriously, have you ever been around a soldier in active duty or an athlete training to win the Olympics or a farmer who's got a whole field to farm, who's up in the morning, late at night, he's farming all day long? We're talking here about people committed to the gospel at a level where it's consuming their life. Now, I want to be clear. I think all of us ought to, we can learn from these things. We all ought to be involved in the gospel. But I believe what's missing in our day and age, and as we lament, and I lament, and I hope you lament, the, the shrinking influence of the gospel in our world today, the we see an incredible loss from generation, the baby boomer generation, of which I'm a part, down to Gen Z today. The number of people who would name the name of Christ, who claim to be Christian, has dropped dramatically. I mean, this is not just a small drop. Do you realize there are more people today who claim to be LGBTQ in, in Gen Z, claim to be LGBTQ, than who would go to church regularly or claim, I'm a Christian, I go to church regularly? Let that sink in, my friends. That's pretty heavy when you think about what's happening in our culture. And I'll tell you why. Because the LGBTQ people are evangelists for their, for their cause. They are proselytizing for their cause. They are bold and courageous and speaking up for their cause. In our day, I wonder if we have lost sight of the importance of people leading us in the gospel, laborers in the gospel, like the hardworking farmer, like the soldier in active duty, like the like the athlete training for the Olympics. All of us ought to be involved in the warfare. All of us ought to be, shall we say, in our metaphor, we ought to be keeping in shape, hitting the gym regularly, uh, uh, working out. But most of us aren't really training for the Olympics. All of us, it's great to plant your grass seed like I do or plant your flowers in the springtime. But not all of us are that farmer out there planting uh, acres and acres that takes blood, sweat, and tears and risking his whole life on, is this going to work? That's what I think Jesus is telling us to pray for. When he says pray for workers, that's what I think he's telling us to pray for. And dare I say, there are a lot of people who are employed in the gospel these days, employed in Christian service these days, a lot of people. I don't know very many gospel workers. I don't know very many people who, who work. My friend who was on here with us uh, two days ago, uh, Mike Cater, he employs gospel workers in Southeast Asia. They're expected to share the gospel six, eight hours a day. Six to eight hours a day. That's a gospel worker. It's not someone who's looking for it. And I don't mean in any way to denigrate share the gospel at work or someone that you encounter in the restaurant or at the gym or your kid's baseball game or wherever you're at. I'm not saying that's not important. We all need to do that. But I believe what's been lost is to cry out to God. God, give us some people who are dedicated to this. I didn't say they're dedicated to going out and building relationships with people. That's what we all, that's fine. We all should do that. 
They're dedicated to hours and hours every day verbally sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I think Jesus wants us to pray for. A labor, he's like a soldier in battle. All of us are contributing to the war effort. Some guys are out on the front line. They've got a gun in their hands. They're, they're shooting the enemy. That's what our gospel workers should be like. Front lines. Their life's on the line. This is real serious. This is front lines activity. Like the champion athlete. Again, not just the one hitting the gym, you know, to stay in shape and not put on a lot of weight, but the person who says, I'm going to win the Olympics. Every, uh, my, my life is consumed. I'm going to win the Olympics. Or that hardworking farmer. I got to get a crop in. I got to get that field plowed. I've got to get the crop in. I've got to get the harvest because if I don't, my livelihood depends. My life depends on it. Folks, we need people like this. On this Labor Day, might we pray to God Almighty, raise up, raise up people like this. I don't see a lot of them out there. We used to have the old-time revivalists. We used to have circuit riders who would ride from city to city preaching the gospel on the on the frontiers. We had people that we hear, John Wesley, George Whitfield, who preach several gospel sermons day every day in different cities as they traveled. I think of myself when I'm out on campus, five, six hours a day in gospel preaching. It's not a 20-minute sermon. It's not you invite him to hear me. You know, it's five or six hours a day. And I know there are people out there doing that. There's not very many. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And I dare say, getting fewer. So let's cry out to God even right now together. God, give us people like this. Oh, Father in heaven, we lift up our voice and we beseech the Lord of the harvest to give us workers in the harvest. Oh, God Almighty, raise up people that have a true calling, a calling to be like a hardworking farmer in the gospel, like a soldier in the gospel, like a champion athlete in the gospel. Raise up people, Lord, who, who do this publicly, and they motivate all of us to, to do our part, all of us to, to sow the seed wherever we can. Raise up people who are, who are mighty in the Scriptures, who are powerful, filled with the Holy Spirit, who speak, who are gifted and speak uh, with confidence and in such a way that the people must listen. Raise up workers in the gospel like you sent those out into the harvest. Lord, they, you, they, you, they weren't sending out just as a part-time. You were sending them out in a full-time mission. We ask, O oh God, and send them out, O oh Holy Spirit. Provide their needs. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Give them the gifts they need. Give them the skills they need. And give them a great audience. Oh God, this year we pray, raise up gospel workers who the people will listen to. We pray for a great harvest in our country. We pray for a great harvest in the world. We pray for many people to be one to Christ. And we pray, Lord, raise up the leaders, the speakers, the, the gospel workers who will bring in this great harvest, we ask. And we pray these things, and we la- love you now. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, I must mention, I don't want to forget this. These full-time devoted people, sometimes a short-term mission trip is this. I know some people who even listen in here, they go on a short-term mission trip, and in a week or two weeks, they, they are totally devoted to the gospel in ways they can't be when they're home and they're involved in their work. They've got a business or working or school or whatever. But for those couple weeks, they are fully devoted to the gospel, and they see fruit. 
Maybe God wants you on a short-term mission trip. Maybe he wants you to join me on campus for a week or something like that. That's To me, that's the easiest short-term mission trip you can take. Let's put it this way. It's the least expensive short-term mission trip you can take. Anyway, God bless you. I love you guys. This is important on this Labor Day. Let's beseech the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. We need a revival. The harvest is plentiful. Let's pray for workers. Amen. God bless you. I love you. So glad to have you along. If you're new, I hope you join us regularly. Subscribe to the channel. Make a commitment to come here every single day. We're here every day. I hope you will be too. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.